Chapter 3 The Story of Cole Younger by Himself. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter 3 Driven from Home. I was only seventeen when Colonel Mockby gave a dancing party for his daughter at his home in Harrisonville, which was to terminate seriously for some of us who were there. The Colonel was a Southerner, and his daughter had the Southern spirit too. Probably this was a reason that inspired the young Missouri militiamen who were stationed at Harrisonville to intrude on the Colonel's party. Among them was Captain Irwin Wally, who, even though a married man, was particularly obnoxious in forcing his attentions on the young women. My sister refused to dance with him, and he picked a quarrel with me. Where is Quantrell? he asked me with a sneer. I don't know, I answered. You're a liar, he continued, and as he went down in a heap on the floor, he drew his pistol. But friends came between us, and at their solicitation, I went home and informed my father of what had taken place. He told me to go down to the farm in Jackson County and to keep away from the conflict that Wally was evidently determined to force. Next morning I started. That night, Wally and a band of his scouts came to my father's house and demanded that he surrender me on the ground that I was a spy and in communication with Quantrell. Father denounced it as a lie. Though a slave owner, father had never been in sympathy with secession, believing as it turned out that it meant the death of slavery. He was for the Union in spite of his natural inclinations to sympathy with the South. The demand that I surrender was conveyed to my father by Colonel Nugent, who was in charge of the militia at Harrisonville, again charging that I was a spy. I never doubted that his action was due to the enmity of Wally. My parents wanted me to go away to school. I would have liked to have stayed and fought it out. And although I consented to go away, it was too late, and I was left no choice as to fighting it out. Watch was being kept for me at every railroad station, and the only school I could reach was the school of war, close at home. Armed with a shotgun and revolver, I went out into the night and was a wanderer. Instant death to all persons bearing arms in Missouri was the edict that went forth August 30 of that year from General John C. Fremont's headquarters at St. Louis, and he declared that all slaves belonging to persons in arms against the United States were free. President Lincoln promptly overruled this but it had added to the bitterness of Missouri, where many men who owned slaves were as yet opposed to secession. It was hide and run for it with me after that. That winter, my brother-in-law, John Jarrett, and myself joined Captain Quantrell's company. Jarrett was orderly sergeant. He never knew fear, and the forty that made up the company were as brave men as ever drew breath. We were not long quiet. Burris had a detachment raiding in the neighborhood of Independence. We struck their camp at sunset. We were thirty-two, they eighty-four. But we were sure shots, and one volley broke their ranks in utter confusion. Five fell at the first fire, seven more died in the chase, the others were gaining independence, where the presence of the rest of the regiment saved them. That day my persistent pistol practice showed its worth, when one of the militiamen fell seventy-one yards away, actual measure. That was November 10, 1861. All that winter, independence was a scene of a bloody warfare. One day, early in February, Captain Quantrell, Dave Poole, Bill Gregg, and George Shepard, George Todd and myself, charged in pairs down three of the streets to the courthouse, other members of the company coming through other streets. We had eleven hurt, but we got away with ammunition and other supplies that were badly needed. Seven militiamen died that day. Another charge at daybreak of February 21 resulted badly. Instead of the one company we expected to find, there were four. Although we killed seventeen, we lost one, young George, who fell so close to the guns of the foe that we had considerable difficulty in getting him away for burial. Then we disbanded for a time. Captain Quantrell believed it was harder to trail one man than a company, and every little while the company would break up to rally again at a moment's notice. End of chapter 3